This is the John Oakley Show podcast. When it comes to Western Canada, Western Canada's interests uh, obviously became somewhat of a peccadillo, I guess, for the Liberal government now of uh, Justin Trudeau, insofar as they haven't got a single MP in Saskatchewan and Alberta, yet they have to somehow reconcile a situation where uh, folks are getting restless. And there's even talk down the road of uh, separation or at least an Alberta type of firewall. So who's drawn the assignment? Christia Freeland, it looks like. She's just been named Intergovernmental Affairs Minister because they say she's from Alberta. Okay. Uh, And Seamus O'Regan, Natural Resources Minister. But then you've also got uh, Environment Minister uh, Jonathan Wilkinson. There are going to be some uh, struggles within that cabinet, I've got a feeling. Let's find out how this is all going to play out. It just happened about 1.30 this afternoon when the uh, folks in the cabinet were sworn in at Rideau Hall. Omar Khan has joined us on the line, national affairs expert and political strategist with Hill & Knowlton Strategies here in town. Omar, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Likewise. So what did you make of this cabinet? It's not an entire shuffle, but the naming of certain ministers. Anything stick out for you? So, you know... I, uh... The, the the appointments you mentioned obviously are quite important. The one I the one that kind of stuck out to me uh, was uh, uh, adding to the responsibilities of Mary Ng, uh, who is a member of parliament in, from the Markham area, mm-hmm. uh, to add international trade to her portfolio. I think uh, obviously um, you know Canada-U.S. relations are critical, and that's still going to remain the purview of Minister Freeland. Uh, but after that, our relationship with China. Uh, both from a geopolitical perspective, but more critically for us from an economic perspective, uh, is really going to be the key to, to future Canadian prosperity. Uh, and, I, and, I, and having someone uh, with 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 who, who having someone like Mary, uh, who comes from a, a riding with a very very strong, w- w- which has about 70% of the population have a very strong links uh, to mainland China. And Mary herself uh, is a is a second generation Canadian uh, whose parents migrated from mainland China. I think that'll serve us well in the eyes of, of the Chinese government. Obviously, Mary's going to fight very hard for Canadian interests, uh, but but that's one of the appointments that's not getting a ton of press. That's really kind of stood out for me in terms of uh, you know uh, moving forward with with our with our economic and trade agenda. So there's no like Instagram posting that might show up somewhere on the internet now uh, saying she's wearing a an I support Hong Kong T-shirt or anything like that. Well, you know, obviously Canada stands up for 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 our our, our values on an international stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I always preferred the approach that Prime Minister Chrétien took with respect to dealing with the People's Republic of China, uh, which is that you can have frank conversations in private, uh, but you know. They are very soon going to be the largest economy in the world. They're going to they're going to eclipse the United States probably within ten years, uh, and you know we don't want to be needlessly antagonizing, uh, uh, antagonizing their government uh, in public. Uh, and I and I know Mary quite well. I I, I suspect she will take a, a measured approach, frankness in private, uh, and respectfulness in public. Well, do you think she might even uh, make some? Uh progress insofar as our two individuals who are now, what, into uh, day 390? Well, I hope so. I, I imagine that, uh, you know, it, it, the consular affairs won't fall directly within her portfolio, but I, I would imagine that given her background and, and given her 
uh, her own uh, the, the 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 makeup the the diverse makeup of her riding that she'll be called upon for her expertise in that regard for sure. Again, with Omar Khan, he's a liberal strategist. Uh, with Hill and Knowlton strategies here in Toronto. So, you know, we mentioned Krista Freeland, I was saying earlier, I mean, she cut her teeth negotiating with Donald Trump on NAFTA 2.0, USMCA, uh, which is going to be needed because she's got a deal to uh, try to reconcile out there with Western Canada. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, but she's from Alberta, isn't she, Omar? Well, yeah, she, she grew up in Alberta. <laughs> she grew up on a farm in Alberta. I, I actually did not know that until this morning. Uh-huh. Who did? Um, but, well, you know, that's where she's from. She obviously, obviously, she now represents the riding in, in Toronto, and, there, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. But, look, uh, the, the, the federal liberals didn't win any seats in Alberta or Saskatchewan. So it's, it's hard uh, to, to try and find cabinet representation, and I think the prime minister has done as good a job as he can. Uh, I think the fact that... Uh, he has put in the position, uh, or he, he has he has turned to somebody like uh, Christopher Freeland, who is you know widely widely acknowledged as a top performer uh, in his cabinet, and and also widely seen as a potential successor to the prime minister whenever that time may come, uh, to be the point person uh, on this file, on the outreach file, particularly to Saskatchewan and Alberta. I think it speaks volumes to to the priority that he's placing on this file. And yet you've got Seamus O'Regan as natural resources minister. I mean, natural resource implies oil and gas. Uh, how does he square? I know he's from Newfoundland, and they've got oil out there. Uh, but other than that, he's... Yeah, but he's, he's very close to the prime minister. Oh, I know, I know. I so, mean, so, the Aga so, Khan's island, uh, I've well, heard. Well, that was last mandate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've hit the reset button, have we? we? we, we Canada chose to, to choose forward. Oh, did they? Oh, <laughs> I know, you're laughing at it, too. But, but, but I, think, I, I think it is important, uh, you know, because I'm a liberal, but I'm a liberal who believes that we should, um, you know, we should... Uh, be building pipelines so that we can that we can get our resources to market and then use that 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 the, the proceeds from that to invest in the green economy. Uh, but I think it's important that the two people closest to this file uh, are two of the people within that cabinet that are closest to the prime minister. And I and and to me, I think that shows. The, again, I think it underlines the priority that he is placing personally on this file. All right, well, let's just talk about how he's going to reconcile that with, say, Jonathan Wilkinson. He's a new environment minister, and yep. uh, we're told that climate change, this is sort of the filter through which uh, a lot of policy will be uh, effected through the climate change lens. And then you've also got Stephen Guibault from uh, East End of Montreal as heritage minister. This guy's a dyed-in-the-wool enviro activist. Yeah, and he's not touching the environment. He's not touching the environment file. But look, I think it is possible to walk and chew gum at the same time. Oh yeah. You know, right now there is a there is there is demand for fossil fuels. And, you know, and I think the prime minister acknowledged uh, during the campaign that we're not in a position where you can flip a switch tomorrow and you know the world's going to stop purchasing purchasing oil. So the approach that I think this government wants to take, and I think it's the right approach, is, okay, let's uh, currently, that product from Alberta and Saskatchewan is getting to market on railway cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we build a pipeline, the same amount will still be going to market. It'll just be doing so in a in a in a way that is more. It's actually more environmentally friendly in terms of in terms of CO2 emissions. and it, 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 what it does is it is it makes our product more cost competitive, 
so that the federal government can eventually sell that pipeline at a hefty profit and then use those proceeds to invest in a green economy to help Alberta and Saskatchewan transition off of a fossil fuel economy, which eventually they will have to. It may not be tomorrow, may not be in five years, but it probably will be in 20 or 30 years. Let's start the job now. So, so, so I'm a big believer that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. All right, but then you've got people like Jagmeet Singh. Uh, you know, he's really giddy with his role. He thinks he's going to play in this particular parliament because uh, even though he's got, what, 24 seats, he's been decimated, he still could be the kingmaker, uh, and he has an agenda. He was talking that up the other day. Uh, how much, and this is why I was citing before you joined yeah. us, the government house leader, Pablo Rodriguez, is going to have to stick handle things, making sure that, uh, you know, some things get onto the docket, others not, and uh, making sure confidence votes don't go against the government. Uh, tell me about uh, what influence Jugmeet Singh's agenda may have. Well, look, I, I think he will have uh, some influence. I think the media has over has overblown generally the, the influence that the NDP will have. Uh, look, the, the the government's already come out and said that the first throne speech will include a reference to an across-the-board middle-class tax cut. So good luck to the NDP if they if they want to try and vote down a throne speech uh, that includes what appears to be coming, uh, which is a significant middle-class tax cut. Uh, and and probably it will have some references towards moving forward on th- on things that the NDP cares about, like national pharmacare, and will have a fairly robust climate change agenda. Um, well, how so, do you square that then with getting the oil out of the ground? Well, as I said, right, I, I, we can't turn a switch tomorrow. So no, that oil is going to get out of the ground one way or another. Uh, and constructing a pipeline to Tidewater is a more environmentally efficient way to do it than what we're currently doing, which is sending it through rail cars. 100%. I agree with you. But I mean, this is just, you know, a point of principle that he would stand on and defend and maybe want to uses it. Yeah, trading. look, I, I've worked in the, I've worked for the Ontario Liberals when we were in a minority government situation uh, and the NDP held the balance of power and there's a lot of bluster right up until the last minute and then they come to the table usually with one or two key things that they're looking for and a deal is usually made. So, so yeah. is it? So well, we're still waiting for that. That's probably what'll happen this time around. Uh, we're still waiting for that 15% reduction in auto insurance. Uh, we're waiting for that, was it the 25% reduction the Ford government promised in hydro rates? Well, you know, uh, they're still too. saddled with the burden of all those uh, increased oh, green energy yeah, plans. Yeah. Oh, wait, they ripped up some of the contracts <laughs> that you got us into this mess. Omar, let me ask you finally, Bill yeah. Blair is a public safety minister. Ralph Goodale's yeah. gone, we know. Uh, big file, former, we know the uh, former chief of police here in Toronto. The guns, the gangs, and the whole nine yards. Uh, is this the right appointment? Some people have pointed out with the rollout of marijuana when he was a point man on that file. That got botched. So where are we? Yeah, you know, I don't think he can take the blame for the rollout on marijuana. He was part of the task force, the federal task force that laid out, um, you know, the key, the key objectives that, that, that made their way into the federal legislation. Uh, but the initial, initially the, the, that rollout was held uh, at Health Canada. Uh, it transitioned over, the oversight transitioned over to him, you know, a little bit afterwards. Um, so I don't think we can lay that on his feet. And a lot of the, a lot of the issues we saw... Uh, were related to uh, provincial supply chain problems. But that being said, you know I've had the I've had the the privilege of working with uh, Mr. Blair, Mr. Blair, when he was the chief of police in Ontario, and I and I worked in the office of the Attorney General in Ontario. And I'll say this, you know, he uh, he's a politician now, uh, but he's the closest thing to not a politician as you can get. Um, you know, behind closed doors, he's blunt to the point. Uh, you always know where you stand with him. 
And, you know, I actually think on this guns and gangs file, he'll be able to work quite well with the Ford government. Uh, I think they'll actually see eye to eye on more things uh, than most of us would think at face value. All right. By the way, he was a chief of police in Toronto, not Ontario, but I can understand. Sorry, you're, you're, you know yeah. you conflated Toronto with Ontario. It's my, understandable. My, my mistake, my mistake. <laughs> it's it's a, a Freudian slip. Let's call it that. <laughs> Omar, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Omar Khan, national affairs expert and political strategist with Hill and Knowlton Strategies here in town. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.